Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for However well or bad I speak, it's the Holy Spirit that gives the understanding. So we got to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. That's why we do worship first, because everybody comes in with a hundred different thoughts on their minds, and we got to funnel you into one place with the worship and the Holy Spirit where God dwells so that we can then go into the Word and He does stuff with it, okay? So that's kind of the process. But we're in Joshua 17, and before I get into it, something really incredible happened this week. Because I meet with the men once a month, and we go eat at barbecue and uh, places, and we go to manly places where they have dead animal heads on the wall and stuff like that. Real manly place, right? And uh, we, we get together, and we pray, and we study the Bible. And so I, I went into something for the men on Wednesday. I wanted to show them the passage of Scripture that scared me into fear of the Lord. 9-11 had just hit, and that kind of jolted me out of my coma, so to speak. That's not what saved me. God's word punched in there and saved me. And I wanted to show the men what passage of scripture finally broke through to me and started this whole wonderful journey I'm now in called ministry. This, it comes from the book of Numbers. There were these three men by the name of Korah. I'm going to set up the story for you by the name of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. They decided to take away Moses' leadership from him. They didn't realize that that leadership was God-given leadership. And to try to take it away from Moses was to rebel against God. And I want to show where they publicly went out and confronted Moses about this in Numbers 16. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the assembly, Move away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Something bad's about to go down. Verse 28, then Moses said, this is how you will know that the Lord has sent me to do all these things and that it was not my idea. If these men die a natural death and suffer the fate of all mankind, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord brings about something totally new and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them with everything that belongs to them and they go down alive into the realm of the dead then you will know that these men have treated the Lord with contempt. As soon as he finished saying all this, the ground under them split apart, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their households and all those associated with Korah, together with their possessions. They went down alive into the realm of the dead with everything they owned. The earth closed over them, and they perished and were gone from the community. Guys, that is the verse that scared the literal hell out of me. It really did. Why? I realized that um, it helped me to realize that if I did not stop fighting with the Lord for control, which is what willful sinners do, they fight for control with the Lord. If I didn't stop that, 
And if I did not repent of my sins quick, (laughs) then the Lord could yank the rug out from underneath my feet and that would be over for Ray Jensen. That's what scared me. It would be over for me, just like with these men. So I shared that story with the men on Wednesday. But then the curiosity started getting into me. Who are these men? Who who are they? Where do they come from? Uh, What led to this? And so I went to go find out something about these men. Now, this is going to tie into Joshua 17. This is the miracle that God did in showing me this verse for the men on Wednesday and how it ties into where we are in Joshua 17 today. Check this out. Numbers 26 and 5. Reuben. Remember Reuben? Ooh, we were talking about how Reuben messed up and his double inheritance of the firstborn got passed to Joseph. And so Joseph got his territory of land that they're now in Israel dividing the land out. Says in Numbers 26, 5, Reuben was the firstborn of Israel. The children of Reuben were of Hanok, the family of Hanakites, of Palu, the family of the Paluites, of Hezron, the family of the Hezronites, of Carmi, the family of the Carmites. These are the families of the Reubenites. Those who were numbered of them were 43,730. And the son of Palu was Eliab. The sons of Eliab were Nemiel, Dathan, and Abiram. See them? Those are the guys that went down in the earth, weren't they? Two of them there anyway. And it says, these are the Datham and Abiram, representatives of the congregation who contended against Moses and Aaron in the company of Korah when they contended against the Lord and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah when that company died. Look at that. These two of these men that went down in the earth that day were Reuben's great grandchildren, Reuben's great grandkids. It shows the line right there. You know, like I said, Reuben, he went into Israel's bed and he violated this woman. He had no respect for borders, apparently. He had no respect for the borders of his father's bed. He had no respect for the borders of that woman's rights when he violated her. And so he sinned greatly. And because of that, the inheritance passed from Reuben, the firstborn, over to Joseph. And Joseph got a bigger portion. That's why when you look at the tribes of Joseph's children on the map, it's a lot bigger than Reuben's little area. And so Reuben tainted his family line. He tainted the family line when he violated that woman. And and actually, it was a bigger deal to sin against his father by defiling his father's bed. That meant I have no respect for my father. I, I have no respect for his authority. And so he tainted the family line. And look, all these years later, it's still doing damage. It's still doing damage because these men still had this willful rebellion against God attitude that Reuben put into his family a long time ago. And I said last Sunday that friends, we have really got to learn to instill faithfulness into our families. If nobody else is going to do it, at least you be the only one that does it. Well, it's so hard, Ray. It's so hard. I get my other family members. They just don't believe it. You be the one then you put that in there because sin does damage. There's a lot of damage. Look at what it costs these guys. People always try to downplay sin, especially today. They're always trying to downplay it. Oh, my gosh. They're in the parades marching. Oh, we can do this now. God's word never gave you permission to do it. It's what God's word says is sin is still sin. And so all this time later, Reuben's damage is still going on from that sin. 
But I want you to hold on to that story real quick about these men being buried alive because it still plays into Joshua 17. So now we're in Joshua 17, and uh, Israel has entered the land, and now they're dividing out the territories to all the different tribes by lot. They're drawing lots, and they get to determine uh, where they're going to be. And that's, they've, they've already done the conquest and kicked all the Canaanites out, all the people that were cursed under God to be thrown out. And, uh, well, not all of them. There's still some left around, but it's enough to where they can start dividing the land out and they're taking their inheritance. And the parallel I make with that is that we have an inheritance in Jesus Christ, eternal life in heaven that we get to claim as well. But check this out. Today's, today's message is called the right to ask. You have a right to ask when it comes to your inheritance. So let's just let the Bible explain it. In Joshua 17, verse uh, 1, it talks about the other half-tribe of Manasseh, which is west. And the reason the Bible specifies that is because half the tribe of Manasseh, they wanted to settle east of the Jordan before even going in. They're like, oh, this looks good. We'll just take it. Well, it's like, don't you want to go in and see what it looks like first? No, 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 no. We'll take this right here. So the Bible is specifying the west side. These, this half of Manasseh is a little bit more careful. That's a good way to be. So they wanted to go settle where it was better. Verse 1, there was also a lot for the tribe of Manasseh, for he was the firstborn of Joseph, namely for Maker, the firstborn of Manasseh, the father of Gilead, because he was a man of war. Therefore, he was given Gilead and Bashan. And there was a lot for the rest of the children of Manasseh, according to their families. For the children of Abizur, the children of Helek, the children of Azrael, the children of Shechem, the children of Hefer, the children of Shemida. These were the male children of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, according to their families. But Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, had no sons, but only daughters. Boy, I struggle through those words, you know. I'm a, I'm from Alvin, and uh, I'm a redneck, and I get into this Hebrew, and I'm ah. So <laughs> I always make my disclaimer, you Hebrew speakers, forgive me. I'm just not, I don't have that tongue. So anyway, but this guy had only daughters, and we're and uh, and still in verse three, and these are the names of his daughters: Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Terzah. And they came near before Eleazar the priest, before Joshua, the son of Nun, and before the rulers, saying, The Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance among our brothers. Therefore, according to the commandment of the Lord, he gave them an inheritance among their father's brothers. Ten shares fell to Manasseh, besides the land of Gilead and Bashan, which were on the other side of the Jordan, because the, daughter of, because the daughters of Manasseh received an inheritance among his sons. And the rest of Manasseh's sons had the land of Gilead. Okay, so with this piece of the story here, these daughters come forward and they identify themselves for a special case that God had established to them through Moses before Israel crossed over the Jordan to enter the land. So they're in the land now, but this was done with Moses. That means before they got in, because Moses never went in, okay? And while we're here on this real quick, I always like to ask the people, when God says, I will get you there, does he not get you there? Okay. The question I ask is, does Mo- did Moses ever make it into the land? And everybody goes, no, he didn't make it in the land. He didn't make it in the land. He died. He got to see it, but, and the Lord buried him, but he didn't make it in the land. I, I will debate that because later on, when you see the transfiguration of Jesus, 
on the Mount of Olives, who was with him? Moses was there. So let me ask you again, when God says, I'll get you there, does he not get you there? Okay. (laughs) God promises he keeps it. All right. So Moses did make it into the land. He didn't make it in physically. He made it spiritually. Uh, So let's go back in history real quick about this deal that was made with Moses, with these daughters. Let's go back in history to review how that special case to them was established so that we can see their right to claim this before Joshua. They came to Joshua and asked, hey, we had this thing set up. Your your thought would be, what gives you the right to come and make that claim? It's kind of like when Caleb went up. Caleb was not a Jew. A lot of Jews would say, hey, this is Jewish inheritance. What gives you the right to ask? He goes, I already had a deal set up with Moses before, and God backed it up. So let's see what the daughter's deal is in Numbers 27 says, Then came the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hepher, the son of Gilead, the son of Maker, the son of Manasseh, from the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. And these were the names of his daughters, same women, Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milcah, and Tirzah. And they stood before Moses, before Eleazar the priest, and before the leaders and all the congregation, by the doorway of the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Our father died in the wilderness, but he was not in the company of those who gathered together against the Lord in company with Korah, but he died in his own sin and he had no sons. Do y'all see this? Did y'all catch that? Okay. She's saying he did not die with those that went up to fight for the leadership and went down in the earth in the company of Korah. That first verse I read you, I set that up with the men for Wednesday and y'all men remember me going through that. Well, now look at what's going on in Joshua 17. It's a direct relation to that verse. I just thought this was awesome because I'll tell you, I probably wouldn't have made this connection here that I'm making with you now here in Numbers had I not shared this with the men on Wednesday. So God prepped me before Sunday for better than what I could have given you, right? Like I tell you, this is God's thing, not mine. And so they said, our father died in the wilderness. He wasn't with the guys in the company of Korah. Our dad was not one of those guys that was buried alive for rebelling against the Lord over Moses' leadership. These daughters are trying to make sure that Joshua knows that they are very far removed from this incident that went down in the desert. They don't want to be anywhere near associated with that. And I I just, I'm amazed at how God put that verse to me before getting here to Joshua 17. Already read Joshua 17 already for pre-study, but I didn't make this connection before. I'm just so glad that that God can put together a study better than I can, quite frankly, because I'm not that good. I'm just not. Uh, Numbers uh, 27 and 4. They said, why should the name of our father be removed from among his family? Because he had no son. Give us a possession among our father's brothers. So Moses brought their case before the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, the daughters of Zelophehad speak what is right. You shall surely give them a possession of inheritance among their father's brothers and cause the inheritance of their father to pass to them. And you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a man dies and has no son, then you shall cause his inheritance to pass to his daughter. Okay, so that's why the daughters have come here now to claim this right before Joshua, that God had said the inheritance should pass to them since their father had no sons. And like I said, this reminds me of Caleb when he came forward and said, I have the right to make a claim, even though he was not Jewish. 
People could have said, you're not Jewish. You have no right. Yeah, but God says I have a right. And, and, and I'm, I'm glad of that because I'm not Jewish. I'm a Gentile. And I'm thankful that I'm grafted into the Jewish people that it's not salvation's not just for them. I also have the right to come up and say, I can make a claim to an inheritance and in eternal life because God said so. <laughs> and I get to be saved. That's wonderful. You see that? That great parallel. And so it's just kind of a similar situation like Caleb. The daughters are coming to claim what had been publicly and lawfully because God set it up as a law now. He said, if he has no sons, it passes to the daughter. So they made a public and lawful establishment. It had been publicly and lawfully established for them to make this claim of inheritance through Moses. And this is where my Jesus parallels are now going to kick in. Okay, y'all ready? We got through the story. Now it's going to get exciting. Just trying to work you up. Numbers um, 27 and 2. It says their inheritance was established before Moses, before Eleazar the priest, okay? And before the leaders of all the congregation by the doorway of the tabernacle of meeting, which is the doorway in to where the presence of God was at. That's the doorway of the tabernacle is how you get in. So what can you learn from this? Why is it so important to know all these details that I just threw at you? Because just like these daughters, you too can ask for an inheritance knowing that the agreement has already been established publicly and lawfully on the cross. You have the right to come and ask for what has been set up. and. It was established publicly on a cross before God the Father through the high priest Jesus, like Eleazar, and Jesus who is the doorway, like the doorway to the tabernacle, the way in to the presence of God. Now, first off, the daughters knew that Moses had reserved their inheritance for them. He set it up. It was probably written down somewhere. They had reservations. Like, you know, you go to a, you buy a ticket for a movie. There's going to be a seat for you. That's a reservation. You make a reservation at a restaurant. There's going to be a seat for you. Do you know that your inheritance in heaven is a reservation, that there is a reservation for you, that you don't have to worry about whether there's going to be a place for you in heaven or not? Let me show you your reservation. First Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance, eternal life is an inheritance, right? To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Reserved. Nobody's going to get your spot. Don't worry about showing, oh, you don't have room for me. Jesus made a reservation for you that you get to have. Reservation kept in heaven, uh, reserved in heaven for you. Who are kept by the power of you? No. Don't argue with God for control. It's kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Ready to be revealed in the last time. And you get to claim it. And it's reserved for you. Isn't that good? So the daughters knew that Moses reserved their possession for them. But they still needed to come to Joshua to ask for it. That's a problem with a lot of people today. They know, oh, it's in heaven, and I know Jesus died for it. They won't ask. They won't ask. You got to ask. They still, the daughters, needed to come to Joshua to ask. And the same with you and I. 
Knowing that Jesus died for your place in heaven does not save you. Knowing does not save you. If it's stuck up here in the head, in the brain, that don't save you. You got to swallow that sucker down here into the heart. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Means it don't work here, it works here. You've got to believe it. And so you have to believe it for it to be real. Knowing about it doesn't work. You got to come and ask. Knowing doesn't make you saved. You still need to come before God and ask him for it because coming to God and asking for it shows regard that it comes from him and it does not come from you. John 14, 14 says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Isn't that good? Now, remember, the daughters did not ask for a possession in their own name, did they? They didn't ask by their own name. They didn't say, well, my name's Noah, and my name's this, and my name's that, and we want a possession. They didn't ask in their own name. They asked according to their father's name. They came and said, because of our father. They asked by their father's name. Likewise, if you ask in your own name, that's what today's prosperity preaching is doing. It's teaching people, name it, claim it, you can have whatever you want. And guys, I'm telling you, when the Antichrist comes and he goes and sits on that throne in Israel, and people are going to believe he's God, and how in the world could anybody think this Antichrist could be God? You know why they're going to believe it? Because he's going to give them everything they want economically, financially. He's going to make them rich. He's going to line their pockets. Prosperity preaching is conditioning people to accept the Antichrist. Don't fall for it. When he gets here, he's going to say, I'm God. Well, oh, he must be God. Why? Well, look at all the stuff I got. Beware that. Jesus didn't say, if you ask anything in your own name, he says, if you ask in my name, big difference. The women didn't ask on their own name. They said, but because of their father, the law now says that because the father had no sons, it passed to them. It wasn't based on the women. It was based on their father. And so if you follow prosperity preaching and you ask for things for selfish reasons, Jesus will not honor that asking. He will not give it to you. He said you have to ask anything in his name. You have to ask in a way that honors him. You mean, it means you've got to ask for things that you plan on using to sow back into the kingdom. If you need a car, Lord, I need a car. Well, why do you need a car? So I can go take the gospel to people. Well, Lord, I need a house so I can have a place to live, so I can serve the community in this area with the gospel. If, if I want a giant, huge, macho, grande mansion with a, with a, a boat and 10 cars and all that, well, that's not, that's not in his name. That's in your name. He said, if you ask in my name, big, big difference. And so they had to ask in a way that honored their father. You got to ask in a way that honors and glorifies your father, not you. That's the way Jesus will answer. And the daughters knew that as women, they had no entitlement whatsoever. Back in that day, women were second-class citizens. Women were looked down upon. Men were divorcing the women left and right for any old reason they wanted to come up with. They knew they had no entitlement in that society at all. But because of the father, an inheritance was passed to them. Friends, we have no entitlement at all on our own to make any claim for eternal life. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.